Hey everyone, welcome back to my First Time Stories podcast. I'm Janet Mbogwa. I'm a media personality, founder of Inuadada Foundation, author of My First Time, and I am a social justice advocate. Welcome to my First Time Stories podcast, where we're pushing for menstrual justice, one story at a time. Hi, my name is Adele Onyango, and this is My First Time. My first time was scary. A relief. Awkward. My first time. My first time. My name is Adele Onyango. I am a Kenyan media personality and I am the founder of the Adele Onyango Initiative, which focuses on youth and creating opportunities, especially in terms of education and um, women, so specifically around gender based violence and um, rape. Yeah. Um, how old were you when you started your period? I was 12 inching really close to 13 when I first got my period, yeah. I don't remember the actual like events of, oh, oh I woke up and no. <laughs> but I remember the day I started my period, I thought something was not right, it was broken in my vagina. <laughs> Although I had been, I had had conversations around it, especially like in school and stuff like that, but I don't think they fully prepared me for the amount of blood and anything more than a drop is scary in life in general. So you can imagine for a 12 year old, you're just like something is broken or severely bruised. And I was in Botswana and I lived with my aunt who was very open um, about these conversations. So I remember it happened when I was at home. So I rushed to tell her like, I don't know what we need to do, like maybe hospital or whatever, but this can't be the periods that people talk about because it's not this much. And um, and obviously it wasn't like an abnormal amount of blood, but to me at that time, <laughs> it was like something is wrong. And she sat me down, she explained exactly what was happening with my body and that it was a good thing. So I stopped being a bit traumatized about it. And um, that evening she like baked a cake and a dinner, which was awkward because my uncle was there. So I was like, oh, God. But yeah, he did. And but he wasn't um he wasn't awkward about it. Because you know, like men on these subjects traditionally would be a bit standoffish about um anything, periods, right? Um he wasn't, it was like a celebration. As much as it was awkward for me, but it was a celebration. And I love that because then it made me not ashamed of what was happening with my body. And it made me see it as something like, okay, it's Obviously, it comes with like some very uncomfortable things, but it's um, a good thing. It's a good feminine thing, right? And so it made me more open even like with my circle of girlfriends back then and even today to just be really open about what is happening. And even with my colleagues at work now, I can be like, I'm having cramps. And because they're 90% men, obviously, some of them are just like, why is she telling us this? <laughs> But I think it stems back to me being that 12 year old and not being made to feel like it's something to be ashamed about. My emotions on, you know, the first time I got my periods and where was I emotionally? It, my initial emotion was fear, like immense fear and wondering is something wrong with me? And you know, it's that stage when you're about to be a teenager, you're like, and I was in high school by that time and you're, you don't want to be different. <laughs> so you're like, what is this that is making me very different? Because I've not had any other girl in school telling me about this. Um, but then obviously after the rationalism of, 
you know, the rationality rather of everything my auntie told me about what it is, what it means, and why it's a good thing and it's it's good that you've gotten them. It would be a situation if you didn't get them, um, a medical situation. Then I kind of calmed down, but there was still fear even the month after and the month after. And maybe, and you know, at the beginning, it doesn't really stabilize. So maybe one month it doesn't come and you're like, no, what does this mean? You know? So there was still elements of fear, but the initial fear was like super overwhelming because, yeah, you're like, what is this? <laughs> Would you say you still carry that fear with you today or is, has it dissipated? I think to date, emotionally, I don't have fear because obviously you go through the stages um you know when you are a young woman you go through the stages of oh my god my period is late that's the fear that because <laughs> you're like hey what does that mean <laughs> but like the fear now i don't think there's 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 fear i'm comfortable in Speaking about my discomforts, I'm comfortable of being like, ah, oh, man, Mother Nature and this pimples, like, what the heck is this, you know? And being open about that. And I love that even with my girlfriends now, we can openly talk about it. We can, even online, women are having conversations openly about periods. And it's not something that I'm ashamed about or scared about. Um, and so being open about it means like we can be able to detect what's normal and what's abnormal, right? Because now we know what really should be happening, right? So if your cramps are extremely painful and one of your girlfriends can be like, hey, maybe you need to go and have that checked out. So emotionally now, no, there's no fear. There's like a lot of comfort because now, see, it comes every month. So <laughs> it is what it is, man. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned that none of the other girls in school had talked about it. Yeah. Does that mean you were the first in among your peers in high school or had some of your friends started maybe just not talked about it? So in high school, I then found out that I was like among the last. <laughs> and at that point I was just like, and y'all didn't <laughs> see the need to tell me. But I think I was being raised in a setup that was very different. And it was not your traditional setup. Like you don't talk about in your typical family back then, you don't talk about periods at a dinner table with cake to celebrate it. That's not the norm, right? So I did understand like now I can, at the time I felt some type of way. I'm like, why wouldn't you guys share about it? Um, but now I understand it because maybe that's kind of like the setup they were in where you don't talk about this thing and it's silent and maybe at most to your mom, if at all, right? But I found out I was one of the last. Mm. And looking back, is there anything you wish you had known? Like before or? I think the only thing looking back that I wish I would have known is how much blood <laughs> actually comes with a period. It looks a lot. And of course, it's not just blood. It's other things as well that makes it seem a lot right um but in bio if you think about it like even in in class they kind of rush over that topic and i wish i know there's only there's a limit to how graphic they could get but i just wish they went there so that i would not think that my vagina is 
broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh yes. <laughs> okay, you've mentioned that you 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 work with women and speak about women's rights and sexuality. Yeah. Do you feel like um, starting a period affected your identity in any way? Mm, starting my period affecting my identity. I think when I started my period, after the fear kind of went down a bit, which is like a couple of months in, I did feel like more of a woman. You know what I mean? Because I was in a setup that I could talk to this grown woman who is my auntie about it. So I'm like, wow, we can have like a conversation. It's not just about, did you take out the chicken? You know what I mean? Like, so... I did feel like I had unlocked a higher level of womanhood. <laughs> um, and I still feel that way today because I, I celebrated. And yes, obviously, like I'll talk to my male colleagues and express when I'm having my cramps or whatever, and even my husband. But I do hold it as this feminine thing that, yes, I'll let you know what is happening with me, but only me and my girls really get it. And so it it did make me feel more comfortable in being a woman and kind of like start exploring what exactly that would mean for me. Yeah. You speak a lot about your girlfriends. Yeah. Um, but I know you have sisters. Imagine they're just like three. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have I do. I do have sisters. Have you and your sisters ever had this conversation about like, do you, have you ever interacted with your sisters at this level, at this unlocked level? Of yeah. So, my girlfriends are made up of my two sisters, and um, I have one best friend and two other friends as well, right? And my setup, even with my mom, because I reference my auntie a lot, because when I first got my period, I was leaving with her, but even with my late mom, it was a very open home where we could talk about everything. I could have conversations about sex with my mom, like when I was a teenager. Um, and ask those questions that teenagers want to know. And so that then shaped the relationship that I have with my sisters. And from being able to get into one's house and take, you know, say like, hey, I don't have pads today, you know, and go in and get pads from her, whatever, to actually saying I'm so bloated, because <laughs> like, that's what happens to me, like I get bloated um, a week or two before and to actually sharing yeah this is happening with with me or those moments that maybe you your period is late the first people that you'll call to be like oh okay <laughs> are are my or my sisters so i'm 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 glad that we have that openness especially around periods because it means then we break that cycle of silence that is what happens in the majority of homes yeah and speaking about breaking that cycle of silence, um, when you're speaking to a larger audience of ladies who are outside your girlfriend circle, how much further do you think this conversation can and should go, especially when speaking about um, sexuality? Because this, um, I mean, starting your menstrual cycle has really affected a lot of identities when it comes to sexuality for women. Um, so how much further do you think we can push this envelope when it comes to conversing about this issue? I think there's so many different 
um, things that I think we've left out of the conversation and people. I think young boys need to be part of the conversation. I don't think like in mixed schools, you need to send the boys out when you're going to start talking about periods because they're going to be interacting with women. They need to understand what exactly it is so that even from that age, they know it's not something to laugh at their classmates about because that contributes to the shame that young girls will feel. I think um, it's something to be celebrated and something to be talked about openly because you only hide things that you're ashamed about, Cindy. So if you talk about it like behind closed doors or whatever, then you're just contributing to say, this is a part of you that's not so important. Just don't, shh, don't talk about it like it's bad if you share about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's one thing that I think needs to come out. The second thing, also why men have to be involved in the conversation is because of all the other horrible structures around it. So for example, um, when we fight for pads and tampons to be free, right? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be an agitation only that women push. It's 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 because having my periods is not a choice. <laughs> it comes, you know. And so I think if men understand exactly what it is, then and because we've left them out of the conversation since they were young boys, then they would also agitate for it, right? For it to be free. They would agitate for, let's say, the materials that are being used. Because it's not only, uh, oh, the feminine reproductive system is what we're looking at. We're also looking at the technicalities of how are we making these pads and these tampons that we're using. That's a conversation a man can be part of very easily, right? Who knows? Maybe they can even bring a solution, right? So I think this conversation doesn't, it's just, there's just a lot of shame around it and I don't understand why. Because then later on in life, when a woman is unable to give birth, we hit her with shame again, right? Um, so in terms of identity, it's something to be celebrated and not to be had behind closed doors. It's nothing to be ashamed about. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Like physically, <laughs> it's uncomfortable. But it's not something you should be ashamed about. Yeah. I think something we've had repeated in this room is if this was a man's problem, it would not be a problem. If it was a man's issue, if, if men would get menses, then we would not be talking about them being expensive or them being scarce mm -hmm. or them being unavailable. Do you have an opinion to further that conversation or to maybe negate it in any way? I think it's the one thing that we cannot periods are the one thing that we cannot round off to a man and that's why it's never sorted out any woman's problem that can be rounded off to a man all of a sudden gets sorted out and in a way that helps the man more than the woman right so if you're talking about marriage if you're talking about just think about it if you can't and marriage they'll be like oh even traditional now we recognize it oh you know what i mean yeah. um but if it's a problem that doesn't directly and cannot be directly rounded off to the nearest man, even if it's a woman's issue or involves a woman, it will not be sorted out, right? Because the truth of the matter is, even in terms of legislation um, and representation, there's more men in there than women, right? So we would need them to understand it as well, right? But 
because they a haven't gone out of their way to even understand it and i really don't know what's there, there to understand because it comes every month we need certain things make them free as in, like it's very easy right but because they're not it doesn't directly inconvenience their life it's not something that they will think they need to sort out quickly and i guess that's why you know conversations like this are important because then we need to keep agitating for it and it's not something that is not doable i mean for school girls i think it's scotland they've made it free as we have said it is free but on grounds <laughs> it's really not so i think i do agree because even when you look at issues that directly inconvenience or involvement they get sorted out so quickly so quickly have you heard any myths around menstruation or any taboo stories or anything cultural being propagated around menstruation i do know that there are cultures and even um tribes in kenya where like you if you're on your period you cannot sit with other people right it's like almost like for those seven days or whatever you are dirty and it's a shame so you must sit very far from people and that's echoed with certain religions where you cannot access you know wherever people meet to pray while you're on your period because you're impure in that at that point um of the month right um which is i think the myths are never myths that celebrate or make it something that's good you know what i mean there are always myths that are towards making a girl or woman feel more ashamed or excluding her so that she feels like there's something wrong with me when i'm getting my periods like i am tainted i am dirty right now i'll wait until it's done and then now I am included in society or in conversations or in spaces, right? Um debunking those myths will is something that we have to do especially on a grassroots level because some people actually and you know when you hear some myths you you will be like why would people in this day and age be thinking about that? But there are people who believe it to be true. So if you want to change um people's perceptions and communities perceptions and they are part of communities women who I was going to say women who get their periods all women are part of communities right and so we don't live in a vacuum so you have to make communities understand that this is not these myths are first they're bs and secondly um this is not something to be intimidated by to be ashamed of it's actually something to celebrate right um but as i told you personally in my spaces it was only the silence from my friends and at home being open like talking about it which i at the time i thought was awkward but right now i'm just like thank god it was not presented as something that i should be ashamed of yeah is that would you want to carry forward that tradition of celebrating say when you have a daughter one day would yeah. you want to would you want to be like hold a special dinner for her etc etc and then have a talk with her is that something on your mind yeah i think when i have let's say when Well. <laughs> 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 I take it back. <laughs> if 
I have a daughter. <laughs> um, and even if, I think if I have a daughter, let me give you two scenarios. So if I have a daughter, um, when she does start her period, I do think it's important for me to continue that culture of celebrating it, um, speaking openly about it in the family. Yes, she will feel the awkwardness that I felt because my uncle was at the table and I'm like, my God, does he have to be here for this, you know? <laughs> then we're cutting cake. But I think in, at the time I was like, it's a bit awkward, but now I'm thankful for it. And I would love to carry that forth with her. If I have a son, it's still a conversation that I would love to have that this is what women, um, what happens with women's bodies every month. It's a good thing because A, B, C, D. Do you know what this is? This is a pad, this is a tampon. I mean, why shouldn't they know this information? Yeah. So I think um, I will be very open. Yeah. And maybe not only with my kids, even if my sisters have children, I will be very open. We are coming from a lot of conditioning, right? So we've got to learn a lot of things about how we approach it because of the long-term effects it has. And if we're trying to make people understand that this is something to be celebrated, this is a normal thing, then we can't present it as this, it's a fight. <laughs> and it's something that must knock you down, Amma, it's not, it's not right, you know. Um, so words are very powerful. They're very powerful in shaping how people view things, yeah. My first time. My first time. My first time. My first time. My first time.